Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Well, folks, welcome to the free Savage Nation podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But for those of you who have been requesting that we provide for you an ad-free podcast, we're going to keep doing that. And in addition to getting the ad-free podcast, which many of you want, for less than the price of a beer in a bar a month, only $3.99 a month, you're going to get an occasional monologue from me. Maybe I'll read from one of my novels. You're going to get an archive piece going back to 1994. Whatever comes up, you're going to get on an occasional basis. And if you want to join, simply go to michaelsavage.com and click on the exclusive club link. It's that easy. I hope you join the Savage Exclusive Club. I want to thank you very much for supporting the Savage Nation podcast, either the free version or the paid version. Your patronage, it's appreciated. It's that simple. Thank you so much for listening. Terror is an instrument of social hygiene, said one of the greatest terrorists of all time, Vladimir Lenin. Terror is an instrument of social hygiene. Now, what the Biden gang is doing is not outright terror. It's a low-grade terror. Welcome to the uh, scorched earth of Joe Biden and his cohorts. Back in the day, there was a thing called the Marielle boat invasion when Fidel Castro emptied his prisons and flooded America with Cuban gangsters, criminals, drug dealers, rapists, murderers, and they settled in Miami. Miami then went into a state of shock with the cocaine wars. That's what uh, Castro did to this country. The other day I had Donald Trump on this show and he said that most of the immigrants that Biden is welcoming into this country from Central America are hardcore drug dealers, gangsters. Who do you believe, Joe Biden or Donald Trump? Let me give you the background to this because I have said for years that ultra tolerance is killing America. It's a tough issue for me and everyone else because I'm an immigrant son. And as an immigrant son, I have to ask myself, 
Why do I oppose relocating tens of thousands of immigrants into this country? The embarrassing point is that people will always compare the situation to the Jews and the Holocaust. That is the underlying motif of the entire liberal establishment, but it's the big lie. The emotional substratum of this entire argument is based upon the Jews in Nazi Germany, and it's a false argument. It's false on many levels. I'm sure you can figure out why it's false and why the narrative is being used by those who want to flood the United States with refugees for their own personal gain. Catholic Family Services, Lutheran Family Services, they're accepting refugees only for the money. They're doing it because they're greedy. They're doing it because they make money off of it. There's a lot of self-interest. There's a lot of greed. Each immigrant is worth about $250,000. And the comparison to the Jews fleeing Germany during the Holocaust is an unsound analogy for a number of reasons. I've asked the Vice President of the United States yesterday to be the lead person on dealing with focusing on the fundamental reasons why people leave Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador in the first place. It's because of earthquakes, floods. It's because of lack of food. It's because of gang violence. It's because of a whole range of things. These Hondurans are not Jews running from the gas chambers. These are people running toward financial gain at your expense. The fact of the matter is that wherever these immigrants go, they abuse the social service welfare systems. How can we take care of refugees when we have so many indigenous poor in this nation already? The bums in the streets, the homeless in every city? Is everybody here rich? All of a sudden, the country is rolling in money? All of a sudden, Biden has cleaned everything up and there are no poor in this nation who need the help of the government? There's something very wrong with this picture. For many years, I've preached that ultra tolerance is killing us. And now we have a brainwashed generation of children raised on Adderall, marijuana, other toxic compounds with skimpy vegan and other inadequate diets and outright brainwashing in the government schools where they fully believe things that are false as though they are truths. These children have no religion but liberalism. They have, they have been taught to live by the Ten Commandments of liberalism, which are these. Man is evil and poisoning the earth. The earth is a living organism and needs to be protected. All white people are racist. All people of color are good. All refugees should be allowed in and given whatever they request. If people make too much money, it should be taken from them. Government handouts have no price tag. Nature should be protected at all costs unless you don't like your gender. Burning the American flag is protected speech. Burning the Black Lives Matter flag is a crime. All players on the international stage have equal credibility. And so our brainwashed, drugged youth cast their brainwashed, drugged youth votes. We now have immigrants who want things for free, who are being legitimized in an illegitimate way. And now the Department of Motor Vehicles in California automatically registers illegal aliens so that they guarantee not a one-party system, which is what we already have, but a no-party system, just an autocrat, no party necessary. Just an autocrat in Sacramento, an autocrat in Washington. This you are watching is a dissolution of democracy itself under the guise of diversity. Diversity is destroying democracy. And Biden's scorched earth policies is killing this nation. As I said earlier, this is a tough issue for me particularly because I am a child of uh, immigrants. My father was an immigrant. Everyone in America is an immigrant, including the Native Americans. 
Yes, they had been here before the so-called white men arrived. That is true. And they had been here for a long time. I studied this as a young anthropologist and came to understand the time frame of the Native American peoples, how long they had been here before the European colonists arrived. But if you study more deeply and go past the surface in anthropology, you will learn that there are traces of people who were here before the Native Americans. Did you know there are skeletons of Caucasian-looking people who were here before the Native Americans? They were thrown out by the Smithsonian Institution because the fact of their existence embarrassed certain individuals in the race business. Thrown out faster than that same museum wanted to toss the Enola Gay, the plane that dropped the first atom bomb because it might offend the Japanese. You remember the nation that started the war in the Pacific? Like the army ants I have mentioned before, the history of life on Earth is about invasion, and human beings are no exception. We're being invaded right now. We're being invaded from the south. We're being invaded from the north, from the east, and from the west. You might say, well, that's the way of things, and you might get used to it. They're here. They're near. They're everywhere. The question is, why are liberals so quick to embrace this invasion? And why are traditionalists and conservatives like myself so resistant to erasing the borders, language, and culture of this great nation? The answer is clear. Because I love America and they hate America. I'm Michael Savage. Pay close attention to today's podcast because you might learn something that might upset your apple cart. Terror is an instrument of social hygiene. When you see that this administration is spending $3 million a day to suspend border wall construction, according to a Senate report, listen to what I'm saying. $3 million a day to stop the construction of the border wall. $3 million a day to stop the border wall construction. Now, what? What does that mean? The Biden administration is paying contractors $3 million a day to guard steel, concrete, and other materials in the desert. At the same time, U.S. Customs and Border Protection, which is hated by occasional cortex and the members of the squid who are anti-American, at the same time this is going on, Customs and Border Protection has encountered over 1.1 million migrants, illegal aliens, along the southwest border wall this fiscal year, a 20-year high. So Biden has broken our borders. Why? What is he doing it for? Well, we've talked about it so many times for so many years, you can figure it out. Voters, cheap labor, but there's more to it. It's a terror tactic against the middle class. Going back to Lenin, terror is an instrument of social hygiene. Many of us are rightly terrorized by this flood of illegal aliens, and they are to be feared. No, not the babies, not the women, but hidden among them are hardcore criminals, according to everyone who has studied this. I mean, if you were trying to bring in gangs into this country, how would you do it? You'd give your young men a haircut new sneakers, you'd hide their tattoos, and you'd make believe that they're good family men coming here to sit in the Catholic churches so the Pope, the Pope can lecture you about climate change. This is a low-grade terror. Terror is an instrument of social hygiene. That is what's going on. Meanwhile, at the same time this is going on, Miranda Devine of the New York Post says that Nancy Pelosi's on her last legs. I don't believe it. We know how evil she is. We know how frightening she is. We know how spiteful she is. Devine says that Pelosi behaves more like a mafia don waging a gang war than a dignified, fair, and honest presiding officer, which is what the speaker's role requires. Very well put. Very well put. 
But I'm not so sure Nancy Pelosi is on her last legs. As a matter of fact, I'm frightened that when Biden, who is clearly either pre-senile or senile, is removed from office, and the vice president, Kamala Harris, takes over control of this nation, if you can believe this, Kamala Harris is nothing but a puppet of Nancy Pelosi. If that's not enough to frighten you, all I can say is have a nice day. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Don't miss our podcast this Friday when we look back at Jackie Mason and his visits to the Savage Nation throughout the years. You're not going to believe what's in this. Coming this Friday. Mason is so funny, and I can't summarize all of it for you. We have three different interviews with Jackie Mason. One occurred in 07, February 12th, 2007. I'm looking at this right now. August 13th, 2015, and August 7th, 2020. Interestingly enough, in the August 2020 interview with Jackie, who I call him the Yiddish Mark Twain of our time. <laughs> Did I call him that? I said, Jackie Mason is the Yiddish Mark Twain of our time. <laughs> That's funny. I asked him, how are you doing in this lockdown? He says, lockdown? So many rules. If you sit down, it's a problem. If you stand up, it's an even bigger problem. I'm very busy. I'm picking out furniture. I'm picking out which chair to sit in. I'm picking out rooms. Sometimes I go to the kitchen. Sometimes I go to the bedroom. The guy is hilarious. He's fabulous. And there's a lot of politics in it. You're not going to want to miss the Friday podcast. Jackie Mason visits the Savage Nation. I call him the Yiddish Mark Twain of our time. You're going to love it. So today we're talking about Biden's scorched earth policies or such. Biden's disunity is really what I'm going to talk about right now. During his inauguration, he tried to bamboozle Americans. I was never fooled by this president of ours. He said he would try to bring America together. He kept using the word unity over and over again. He said, today on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, and uniting our nation. Today, we celebrate the triumph, not of a candidate, but of a cause, the cause of democracy. Democracy is precious. Democracy is fragile. And at this hour, my friends, Democracy has prevailed with unity. Ladies and gentlemen of the Savage Nation, he is the most disuniting president in modern American history. He's a demagogue. Let's begin with everything he has done in case you think I'm just making this up and that I'm just a Republican mouthpiece. The man is turning over every policy of Donald Trump domestically and abroad, even policies that were successful. That is why we have over a million illegal aliens being brought over the border by bus under the direct orders of the man in the White House. How about going back to Iran and recreating the nuclear deal? How about that one? What did we get out of that one? We're giving Iran the power to build a nuclear weapon. How about knocking off the pipeline here in America killing four or five thousand jobs, but not objecting to Russia's Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which makes him look like there's Russia collusion, right? And what about voter ID that we want? We all know that no nation on earth can survive without voter ID. He's calling it the new Jim Crow. This year alone, 17 states have enacted, not just proposed, but enacted 28 new laws to make it harder for Americans to vote. Not to mention, and catch this, nearly 400 additional bills 
Republican members of the state legislatures are trying to pass. The 21st century Jim Crow assault is real. Every statement he makes is divisive. Every statement he makes is race-driven. Every statement he makes is meant to divide people. How about when he urged Major League Baseball to remove its all-star game from Atlanta. Why did he do that? Mr. President, what do you think about the possibility that baseball decides to move their all-star game out of Atlanta because of this political issue? I think today's professional athletes are acting incredibly responsibly. I would strongly support them doing that. People look to them, they're leaders. Look at what's happened with the NBA as well. Look at what's happened across the board. The very people who are victimized the most are the people who are the leaders in these, in these various sports. And it's just not right. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia and 40 other states. It hurt Atlanta businesses, many of which were owned by black people. What else did Biden do in his disunity campaign? July 13th, Philadelphia. He said the new voting laws are the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. The assault on free and fair elections is just such a threat, literally. I've said it before. We're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. Are you kidding me? Are they joking? The fact of the matter is the country is more disunited today than it's been in my lifetime. Did you know that Black Lives Matter is now instructing soldiers through the Pentagon? Did you know that the Department of Agriculture offered special assistance, financial assistance only to farmers who happen to be black? Did you know that the sick Department of Education, which is the Department of Propaganda, supports teaching the hateful, racist, critical race theory in public schools? Did you know that the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, invited the United Nations to investigate America on racial matters? Is this your idea of unity or disunity? If you think it's an idea of unity, don't listen to any more of this podcast because you're a sick person. So where is Biden's disunity going? Does he even understand it? Look, don't be fooled. We all know he's probably, I would say, pre-senile. So who's pulling his strings and where do they want to go? Do they even know where they want to go? I don't think they know where this goes. I think they're in it only for corruption and power, by the way. And I know where corruption and power leads. It leads either to fascism or communism, which is one and the same. And the revolution is already here in America. The soul of America is up for grabs. I have a friend in England who told me, you should see what's going on in England right now. He said that in London, people are walking with their heads down because the city's Muslim mayor, Sadiq Khan, has conquered that nation like Saladin, the warlord who battled the crusaders. Everyone's feeling defeated in London. The same thing is happening in the United States. If you walk around today in New York, San Francisco, Dallas, Phoenix, Chicago, Miami, or whatever city you're in, would you see people walking with their heads held high? No, you won't. People are walking around defensively, keeping their heads as close as they can to their shoulders. And it's not just because they're texting. It's because they're afraid. They're fearful of what Biden has unleashed upon society. He has turned street thugs into victims and the police into a neutral force. That leaves the victims, so-called, free to attack the rest of us. The minority beatings and stabbings are way up across the land. Is it a coincidence? 
The devil in the White House has neutralized the police and unleashed street thugs onto American society. This is just the beginning, and the people know it. This is just step one of the revolution that has arrived in America. Now, I want to tell you what this revolution is and where it leads. You can find it right in the Communist Manifesto, which was originally published in London at the beginning of the revolutions of 1848. The Communist Manifesto is a carefully articulated guide for the struggle that arises when capitalism and private industry create a dependent subservient working class. But what does that actually mean? It means nothing. The authors Karl Marx and Frederick Engels were two idiots. They were two spoiled, rotten, rich kids who didn't like other rich people and came up with an idealistic view of the world in which the peasants who were working in the factories and on the farms would own the factories and the farms, and then everyone would have a wonderful life. Sound like Bernie Sanders? Occasional cortex? The same way the trust funders in America think the world will be great after a communist revolution? Has it ever worked out well when the peasants ran the factories? Consider the grocery co-ops in Berkeley, California, Cambridge, Massachusetts, and others that followed their model as a result of the post-1960s fervor for revolution. The lame-brained idiots at Harvard and Berkeley wanted communism. They wanted the workers, like the supermarket clerks and the guys who stack cans on the shelves, to own and run the markets. How did those co-ops work out? Well, they didn't. They went out of business, and they went out of business because the workers could not manage the supermarkets. Moreover, thievery was at an all-time high, just as it is in America today, from all of the left-wingers released on the streets by the governors who have permitted felons to go out and rob up to $950 without getting arrested. It's not just ripping off supermarkets, but suppressing and stop right there. The socialism-communism rhetoric of Bernie Sanders and, of course, Joe Biden, is still resonating with the morons among the young, the uneducated, and the brainwashed educated because revolution has come to America. It's coming from Sanders. It's coming from the Clintons. It's coming from Obama. More importantly, it's coming from Biden and the media. And, of course, the Catholic Church. But it's not coming from me. We're going to stop this revolution and replace it with one of our own. That's what we're going to do. It's not going to happen immediately. We're waiting for the midterm elections. God save America if we lose owing to voter fraud or stacking the cards against real American candidates. That will be the end of America. That will be the end of America as you know it. Do you know how many people died under communism in the last century in the Soviet Union, in China, in Cuba, in Asia? Do you know how many people died in the slave labor camps having been sent to the gulag for being politically incorrect or not woke enough? Well, I can tell you more about it, but I will tell you what absolute power looks like Biden thinks he is going to conduct this socialist revolution light. He doesn't understand that behind them are socialist revolutionaries hard. They have grown up in a spoiled nation, a nation without any real problems and without any history. There's a new generation of brainwashed individuals who don't know anything about anything, and many of you are part of it. But I'm from a different time, a different generation. I'm from an America that had problems, an America that knew its history, an America that understood its present. You are listening to this podcast because you know my mind has not been altered by the brainwashing of America, and that is one reason I'm able to provide clear insights. The brainwashed generation is largely unaware that the soul of America itself is up for grabs, but it's clear as crystal to me. The Democrat Party represents a new socialist, Marxist, 
Maoist revolution, closer to Mao than to Marx. But the people of the brainwashed generation thinks it represents them. It does not. It represents a means of controlling the Adderall generation. In the original Communist Manifesto, Marx and Engels described their theories of how the capitalist society of their time would be replaced first by socialism and then by communism. The youth of America who cheered for the grumpy old devil, Bernie, knew nothing about history, and therefore they're condemned to repeat it. My friends, you say it can't happen here. It is already happening here. You think you have a media that would never permit that to happen? It's happening all across America. All across America, little by little, a communist revolution is happening right here in our nation. Police are being knocked over like bowling pins across the nation by you-know-who and his acolyte. Before him, it was the worst attorney general in American history, Eric Holder. Can I go through the history for you? Can I go through the attacks upon the police, the attacks upon the military, more particularly the attacks upon only one race, the white race? I'll do that at another time. I think I've done enough for now about Biden's scorched earth policies and where they're leading us. Thanks for listening to the Savage Nation podcast. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. For those of you who do not watch Newsmax TV, where I appear weekly now, we're going to replay my segment that I did last Saturday, just before the Trump rally, where I discussed voter fraud, voter fraud, voter fraud, voter fraud. I want to welcome in now the great Dr. Michael Savage. Hello. He's the host, of course, of the Michael Savage Show. Thank you so much for taking the time on this Saturday. Heather, I'm honored to be on stage with you. And of course, sort of a warm up act for a man I admire enormously, Donald Trump. I want to say this to the audience right at the outset, if I may. Mm -hmm. This rally is not about a man. It's about a nation. Our nation hangs in the balance like a loose tooth. The demagogues on the left would destroy the two-party system in a second if they had the opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. The only thing that can save us is voter ID. Our vote is sacred. It's the cornerstone of our republic. Men die defending our right to vote. The, de the demo libs want vaccine passports, but no voter ID. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? I mean, of course you understand. This is crazy. And where do we think those one million illegal aliens that are being bussed in by Biden from Honduras are going? Yeah. Right to the voting polls. They'll have two year olds voting. Yeah. This is insanity. And we're the majority, losing the nation. The majority of them. And we're going to get to this in a different segment. But the majority of them refusing the covid vaccine as well. <laughs> uh, when, you know, the other Americans here are being told you need to get the vaccine, but they're not getting it. These illegal immigrants crossing over. I do want to ask you because you were actually able to speak with President Trump earlier this week. Here he is talking about the media, what he said to you. We don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's a, it's collusive. It's uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. You know, the, the media is always uh, many people think had a liberal bias, but it's really nothing like what we're seeing now. It's OK to have a bias. Mm -hmm. I have a bias. You have a bias. Everyone has a bias. That's what makes us human. But when you block the other side, that's not a bias. That's called fascism. Mm -hmm. We all understand what they're doing. They've changed the whole game. 
They want an absolute one-party system like we have in California. Of course, there's a recall going on here because people can't take it anymore. The evil has has spread from California to the entire nation. And I believe the scorpion behind it all resides here in San Francisco, by the way. We now have a one-party system run by the scorpion. By the scorpion? Yeah, the scorpion. Yeah, I'm not following you. Who is the scorpion? Well, that's not that's not the speaker's name. Oh. But I believe the scorpion put uh, our vice president in power. After all, everyone knows Kamala Harris does not stand on her own two feet. Okay. Everyone knows Kamala Harris came out of the San Francisco political machine, which is as corrupt as the uh, mm-hmm. as any machine could be. Everyone knows she's not up to the job. So who is her puppeteer? Or as they said in The Godfather, who's pulling her strings? Yeah, I I think people are now actually a little bit concerned uh, that perhaps she's a little closer than was anticipated to taking over, uh, given what we're seeing from President Biden right now. We're liable to look back and say Biden was a centrist if that would have happened. We're liable to dream of the days Biden was president if the San Francisco machine ever took over this country. Hmm. But again, before we lose the the whole thing, Heather, it's great you have me on the show. Our vote is sacred. Voter ID is the only thing that can save us. I don't know a country on earth that can survive without borders, without can survive without voter identification. Right. How in the world can they let people vote who are not citizens? But here's the thing, though, Michael, what do we do about it when you take a look at some of the mainstream media? Because watching their coverage, you would think that there's really not an issue with voter integrity or voter fraud. Well, that's because you have uh, people who are working for the Democrat Party. It's one and the same. It's the government media complex I've been talking about since 1998, uh, where I gave a speech on beware the government media complex. These are spokesmouths. They're Pravda, Izvestia, whatever the Democrat Party wants, they say. They have total control over most of the masses in this country. But I do not know a nation on earth that can survive without voter identification. How is it? that we are required to have identification if we want to go buy ammunition, for example, yeah. for our for our Second Amendment right, guns, right? We need voter, we need ID to go buy bullets, right. but we don't need ID to vote for the most important uh, issues in the land. It's crazy. And you had to and have um, an ID again, to get the vaccine. I had to show an ID to get the vaccine, and they want you to get the vaccine, and then they want people to show potentially down the road uh, vaccine passports, which you're seeing in some other countries. But yet voter ID seems to be so difficult. And the majority of Americans uh, in poll after poll agree with you and think voter ID is a good idea as well. Uh, Dr. Savage, thank you so much for joining us. It was great to talk with you. Heather, thanks so much. The rally is not about Trump. It's about a nation. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Have a great evening and a weekend. Thank you. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered and raw. I've been fighting against the ongoing socialist attack on our country for decades. Here is a clip from two years ago when I pointed out what Bernie Sanders was up to as well as an interview with a former intelligence analyst, Stella Marabito, about the actual dangers we are facing right now. We're going to look into details of socialism. It's a big word. And of course, you should understand socialism comes in varieties, from the benign to the fatal. It's not one thing any more than capitalism is. However, we're all mistaken with Bernie Sanders, the seltzer man who pretends to be this benign, nice, grandfatherly guy 
who's going to redistribute wealth and give to the poor and take from the rich. That's not how it works. It's not how it works at all through history. And we're going to speak with an expert on the subject, Stella Morabito, a senior contributor at The Federalist. Her essays are fabulous, and I'll tell you more about her in a little while. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Mrs. Morabito, welcome to the Savage Podcast. Well, thank you. You can call me Stella. All right. Stella by Starlight. We should play some Stella by Starlight music by John Coltrane tonight. You have done extensive study and research on Russia and the Soviet Union. Now, we don't hear much about Soviet-style socialism. Why don't we begin right there? Why are the young of today under the impression that socialism is this benign Holland, you know, uh, Scandinavian style socialism. Why is that? Well, I, it's a combination of factors. I think that, uh, well, a lot of it you can lay at the footstep of the, you know, the public education system or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the propagandizing, the, uh, you know, what they hear in uh, pop culture, social media, um, youth are really vulnerable to um, trying to, you know, prevent themselves from being social outcasts, and they'll go with whatever the popular line is most often, especially but, if they but have... But why is there such a massive rise, if there is, in the support of, for socialism amongst young people? Obviously, they're being taught that it's the right system. Is it a reaction to Trump? And I don't want to spend today talking about Trump. Is there a reaction to Trump? Is there a reaction to Facebook, Google... Uh, Twitter and all those people are not paying their fair of taxes by using offshore corporations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, well, I, I, I think uh, a lot of that is just due to social pressures uh, and, and the fact that, uh, for the most part, K-12 education and especially uh, the universities, um, independent thought is uh, not something that's encouraged. Uh, they, you know, the, the kids are, uh, constantly propagandized and, uh, and punished if they don't go with the politically correct line. So it's really more, um, a matter of conditioning than really understanding or even wanting to understand, I think at this point, uh, what, what it is, what socialism actually means, which is really the consolidation of power. And, um, you know, one click basically decides, um, you know, what's best for everyone. And, uh, you know, throughout history, the, the results aren't pretty. Well, why, I, you know, I think myself that the young want a concentration of power. I don't I know they don't know how to think. I've debated many of these kids. kids up to age or whatever they are on this on this program. They don't really want to think. They don't know how to think. They've not been trained to do critical thinking. And they want society to think for them as long as they think it's a good society and a good leader. And they want this elite vanguard, as uh, Lenin put it, to, I think, to lead society. They want heavy executive power. They don't want to think about it. And they want guns. You know, I don't want to go down the list of what they want. We'll do that in a minute. And, of course, when they hear that it's good for equality, uh, that's what they really want, because they look around and they see bums in the street. Stella, don't you think? 
then they see people flying by in their jets, they hear about them, or they constantly see these degenerates from Hollywood exhibiting $40,000 shoes, $100,000 jackets at events, and they ask why do some have the $100,000 jackets while others lay in a cardboard box? And, and I think the disparity that they see today in the streets has something to do with it. And we both know socialism is not the answer to this. It's something else, which we can talk about, I guess, later on. But don't you think that has something to do with it, the great disparity in wealth that we're seeing today? Well, you know, what's ironic is that, the, you know, those people with the $40,000 shoes and, uh, you know, the, the, the tech titans of Silicon Valley and all of these super rich billionaires, I mean, they're all on the same page for the most part um, with the, uh, you know, with this um, idea that, uh, you know, socialism is great or that, uh, you know, big government anyway is uh, the way to go. And, um, it, you know, so that's pretty ironic. Yes, they do see a disparity. I think the disparities that they see are, um, you know, used. It, you know, because the media is, for the most part, controlled by those who, you know, are power elites. And, um, you know, whether it's the media, academia, pop culture, entertainment, um, you know, they're all hearing uh, this message, um, you know, that, that about what they call social justice, social and economic justice, and they get the images. Um, they, they only get those images, you know, of, um, uh, you know, the disparities. Um, yeah, but they sport T-shirts for mass murderers like Che Guevara since the 60s. Mm-hmm. And now we have this crumpled old nice grandfatherly Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. saying that it's not really the socialism of communist Russia. It's a benign Democrat socialism when mm-hmm. we know for a fact that in his youth, What democratic socialism is about is saying that it is immoral and wrong that the top one-tenth of one percent in this country own almost 90 percent, almost own almost as much wealth as the bottom 90 percent. That it is wrong today in a rigged economy that 57 percent of all new income is going to the top one percent. That when you look around the world, you see every other major country providing health care to all people as a right, except the United States. You see every other major country saying to moms that when you have a baby, we're not going to separate you from your newborn baby because we are going to have, we are going to have medical and family paid leave like every other country on earth. Those are some of the principles that I believe in. And I think we should look to countries like Denmark, like Sweden and Norway, and learn from what they have accomplished for their working people. Bernie Sanders was a hardcore communist. He probably still is calling for the nationalization of industries and other such things. He's an extremely dangerous man. I call Bernie Sanders the most dangerous man in American political, modern political history. He has created the Frankenstein of occasional cortex, for example, who is a clear terror. He has unleashed a generation on this nation that could wind up being the Khmer Rouge of our time, and I don't want to go into the whole history of that again. And yet he gets away with it because people don't interrupt this man to talk about the results of such uh, of such talk. I mean, we all don't want to see people in the street in cardboard boxes. But, you know, part of that, Stella, 
is that they want to be in cardboard boxes. There are shelters. They don't want to go into them. You know, that's a whole separate story. I live in the worst city on earth for, for homeless people. There are plenty of shelters for them. They refuse to go into them. And I would, I would require the forced uh, housing of these people in the shelters that the city provides. I wouldn't let them have the option of sleeping in the street. But that's a separate, you know, issue. I, my personal fear, Stella, is that we will see the kind of green types who will come to our doors, look at the amount of electricity and water that we use, maybe tell us we have too many pets, and tell us we have to give up pets to the government for euthanasia because we can't afford to have pets as they did in China. I don't think they even understand that pets were killed in China. Maybe they'll tell us that we have too many uh, male children. We have to give some children over mm-hmm. to the state for euthanasia. We don't know where this could go, do we? Um, well, I think that, yeah, th- there is this uh, path of least resistance mindset uh, mm-hmm. that a lot of youth have. And I do think that, yeah, there's there's a strong, there's a, the strain of authoritarianism and actually, you know, totalitarianism, that's, that's really the road that centralized power leads to. And they want, yeah, they, they will want to control uh, every aspect of life as government gets bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, we, we, we see a, a lot of, well, beyond hints of that now, just, in, you know, what you suggest is, uh, you know, not unlikely if, you know, if, if, things, if it's all left to its own devices. Yes. If there are no checks and balances, which, of course, is what they want, you listen to them and they say, well, global warming, mm-hmm. it's our World War II. It's like defeating Hitler. And if we don't do it, the world will come to an end. And so we're going to take control of it because the people are stupid. Millennials and people and, you know, Gen Z and all these folks that come after us are looking up and we're like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is your your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it? Mm-hmm. And like this is the war. This is our World War Two. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think for younger people, we're looking at this and we're like, how how are we saying let's take it easy mm-hmm. when 3000 Americans died last year? How are mm-hmm. we saying let's take it easy when the nth person has just uh, died from from our cruel and unjust criminal justice system. How are we saying take it easy when the America that we're living in today is so dystopian with people sleeping in their cars so that they can work a second job without health care and we're told to settle down? All scientists agree, of course, it's all, all lies. Now, Stella Morabito is with The Federalist and she has written a great article, Socialism's Bloody History, Shows millennials should think twice before supporting it. Stella, we both know the truth of socialism. They don't want to know the truth of socialism. Even if you showed them a video of the slaughter of socialism, the killing machine that it is, when it gets out of control, whether it be in communist Russia, communist China, Pol Pot's Cambodia, Castro's Cuba, when a group, a small group of communists took over a country and then granted themselves absolute power, and we know that absolute power corrupts absolutely, Mm -hmm. they may say, great, we want Bernie to have absolute power because he'll save us from global warming, he'll take the guns away from the... 
evil white males who are killing everybody. This is what what I fear. I don't think they're going to get the message before it's too late. However, I don't think Bernie's electable, incidentally, between you and I. I think Trump will chop him up to pieces, but that's irrelevant. It's only a matter of time if this goes on, whether it's 10 years from now or so, that this wave of children become the elect- the electorate. You know, this is what I'm worried about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nancy Pelosi the other day said she thought 16-year-olds should be voting. Um, you know, it, it's, it's uh, wild. Um, uh, that is uh, the path, and uh, checks and balances are key, and the uh, youth are not learning about the virtues of checks and balances on power and uh, how inevitably power corrupts. And socialism is the path to absolute power. Well, let, let's just give some numbers for the one or two millennials that may be listening to this show, if there are any. Now, oh, no, I'm a millennial and I listen. The estimates vary as to how many people died in, in the 20th century under communist rule. I mean, I saw 80 million, 100 million. Are those numbers correct, in your opinion? Oh, yeah. No, in fact, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Professor R.J. Rummel, the late uh, R.J. Rummel, who wrote the book Death by Government. Uh, no, I don't know it. Tell us about it. Okay, well, uh, this book, uh, Death by Government, it's out in its, like, fifth edition, and he meticulously, uh, you know, counted, uh, you know, all of the, the genocides, the, the mass murders in the 20th century, and, um, you know, in, in all the various, uh, you know, wherever they took place. And, um, you know, here his original estimate for China, for example, was something like 35 million. And uh, in 2000... Well, 2000- no, wait, no, let's just go through this. This is through what? Forced confessions and executions, starvation in China by the communists, or how many? Um, well... Through various means. Uh, I mean, he was an expert in uh, what he called democide, D-E-M-O-C-I-D-E, you know, basically death by government. And, uh, and, and it's, it's just by all the means, you know, through, um, you know, camps, uh, la- you know, hard labor camps, as well as executions and, um, you know, by unofficial private groups, killings, extrajudicial killings. Um, you know, deaths by and deliberate famines. Um, so it, it's, uh, but he, he had estimated, uh, when he came out with this book, I think in 94, uh, 35 million, and then he updated that to 77 million in 2005. Uh, so, I mean, the, uh, it's mind boggling to even think about, you know, any. In, in our society, where, you know, just the idea of capital punishment, um, you know, one person gets, you know, a lot of people out in protest, uh, it, it's, it's just hard to wrap your head around, no matter what those numbers are in the millions. Uh, but they're way up. But, you know, Stella, so, Stella um, you know, every time I raise this kind of discussion, or anyone does, people say we're being alarmist. Bernie Sanders doesn't want to kill anybody. He's talking about a fair... Uh, equitable distribution of wealth, uh, reigning in polluting industries. He's going to be a good guy for America. He's not going to kill anyone. Isn't that what we hear? Oh, sure. 
we hear that, and I don't think he would. I mean, he's just like this avuncular character who, you know, sounds, you know, likes the sound of his voice. And uh, if you heard him on Univision a couple years ago being interviewed, believe it or not, about Venezuela, he was, he had, uh, there was a fascinating interview with him. And uh, they asked him about all the chaos in Venezuela as interviewer. And he was totally during the headlights. He didn't want to discuss it. He 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 just said, "Well, I'm 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 too busy running for running for president right now." Well, I have a tape. I have a tape of his from YouTube, which I found last night, which we're going to insert. Where after the Israelis in the Gaza uh, incident a few years ago, he said that ten thousand people in Gaza were killed by the Israelis. But I think most international observers would say that the attacks against Gaza were indiscriminate, and that a lot of innocent people were killed who should not have been killed. Well, over 10,000 innocent people were killed in Gaza. That's not right. And he repeats the number. And the fact of the matter is even the Palestinians said 1,600 people were killed in the Gaza war. Here is a man of Jewish heritage mm-hmm. who was more anti-Semitic or more anti-Israeli than the Ku Klux Klan. It's astounding to me. Well, I, I think he's, you know, he likes the sound of his own voice. He's, um, you know, power drunk. I mean, this is what happens. Uh, our founders knew how tyranny is built on the centralization of power. So they devised a system that would put checks and balances uh, on that, um, you know, that type of power, which becomes murderous if left to its own devices. And history has proven that. You come up with characters like Bernie Sanders uh, and, um, you know. But, but wouldn't he make America more fair, Stella? Wouldn't he be good for the environment by getting rid of all those evil cars and trucks? Isn't that what Bernie would do by, by decree? Yeah, he would centralize power is what he would do. And, uh, you know. On a, on, a, on, a, on a naked political level, do you think he could be Trump? Oh, do I think he could beat Trump? Um, you mean in a fair election or in... Well, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. Well, let's start with debates. He's, he's smarter than Trump. He's a better debater. He's got, he's got a better control of the language. He looks terrible to us, but there's an awful lot of people who like the crumpled grandfather look, you know, getting even with the big guy who they hate so much. What do you think is going to happen if he is the final winner in the Democrat primaries? Can he? Do you think he's going to beat Trump in a, in a debate just off off the record? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I am when it comes to that kind of punditry. Uh, I can't. Um, I, I'm not very good at. Uh, you All right. Know. Let Let's say Bernie Sanders wins. You know government well. Let's say, God forbid, there's an upset victory, and he, all of a sudden we wake up after the election in 2020. Bernie Sanders is the new president, and we're waiting for him to take uh, power come January. What do you think the first five things he would do? Oh, uh, you know, he would appease uh, the base. Uh, he would uh, reverse, uh, try to reverse, um, you know, the, uh, the things that the Trump, you know, put it, you know, put into place uh so he'd bring in more immigrants he would uh, take down the one brick that might be up from the wall uh let's see what else do you think amazon google (laughs) twitter 
and uh, the others would pay their fair share of taxes on the Bernie? I don't. I, I can almost guarantee you that the very same tech companies that are getting away with paying almost no taxes today would pay no taxes under whoever the president is. It reminds me very much, Stella, of what went on in the beginning of Hitler's revolution in a certain way, where he wouldn't take on the industrialists who put him in power because he was afraid of them and he needed them. And I don't think anyone's going to touch these people. They all have these companies registered in, uh, in Ireland. They use the triple Dutch scheme, the triple Irish scheme. And it's shocking to see that they have such vast profits without taxes. Maybe Trump ought to do something about that before the election to to stave off a Bernie Sanders uh, um, victory. But uh, that's that's a topic for another uh, uh, another time. We're speaking with uh, Stella Morabito, senior contributor at The Federalist. She wrote a great essay on socialism's bloody history, showing that millennials should think twice before supporting it. Let's only hope that a few millennials listening to this podcast or those listening to this podcast share it with some millennials and they start to read about the terribly murderous history of real socialism. And I think the main point for me, Stella, is that it may begin nicely and benignly, and Bernie is certainly not a murderer, but these, this system has a, a way of taking control of things on its own. And there are people around him who would actually be murderers. You can see it in their eyes and in their face and what they say. Stella, thank you so much for being with us today on the Savage Podcast. Well, thank you. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. The most important thing we could do right now would be to listen to a former KGB agent named Yuri Bezmenov, who was one of the KGB agents during the Soviet's darkest era. He will explain to you today on the Savage Podcast the techniques of the KGB and how they have operated in America all these years and where this will lead. It is chilling. I'd like you to take this ride with me. Now let's listen to Mr. Bezmenov. The espionage as such occupies only 10 to 15 percent of money, time, and manpower. The rest, 85 percent is always subversion. Subversion in Soviet terminology means always a destructive, aggressive activity aimed to destroy the country, nation, or geographical area of your enemy. Most of the, this activity is overt, legitimate, and easily observable if you give yourself time and trouble to observe it. But according to the law, it's not a crime, exactly because of misconception, manipulation of terms. We think that subverter is a person who is going to blow up our beautiful bridges. No, subverter is a student who comes for exchange, a diplomat, an actor, an artist, a journalist like myself. Subversion can be only successful when the initiator, the actor, the, act, the agent of subversion has a responsive target. It's a two-way traffic. United States is a receptive target of subversion. You know that war is continuation of state policy, right? So if you want successfully to implement your state policy and you start fighting, this is the most idiotic way to do it. The highest art 
of warfare is not to fight at all, but to subvert anything of value in the country of your enemy. Until such time that the perception of reality of your enemy is screwed up to such an extent that he does not perceive you as an enemy, and that your system, your civilization, and your ambitions look to your enemy as an alternative, if not desirable, the first stage of subversion is the process which is called basically demoralization. It says for itself what it is. It takes from, uh, say, 15 to 20 years to demoralize a society. Why, why 15 or 20 years? This is the time sufficient to educate one generation of students or children, one generation, one lifetime span of a person, a human being, which is dedicated to study, to shaping up the outlook, ideology, personality. The moment all these movements will be directed in one direction, right? This is the time to catch that movement and to continue it until the movement forces the whole society into collapse, into crisis, right? So that's exactly the martial art tactic. We don't stop an enemy. We let him go. We help him to go in the direction we want them to go. In case of religion, destroy it, ridicule it, replace it with various sects, cults, which bring people's attention, faith, whether it is naive, primitive, doesn't really matter. As long as the basically accepted religious dogma is being slowly eroded and taken away from the supreme purpose of religion to keep people in touch with, with the supreme being. Education. Distract them from learning something which is constructive, pragmatic, efficient. Instead of mathematics, physics, foreign languages, chemistry, Teach them history of urban warfare, natural food, uh, <laughs> home economy, your sexuality, anything. As long as it takes you away, the bodies of people, groups of people, whom nobody elected, never. As a matter of fact, most of the people don't like them at all, and yet they exist. One of such groups is media. Who elected them? <laughs> how come, how come they, they, face, they, they, they have so much power, almost monopolistic power on your mind? They can rape your mind. But who elected them? How come they, are, they have a nerve to decide what is good and what is bad for, for the elected by you, President and, and his administration? Thank you for listening. For those of you who have been requesting that we provide for you an ad-free podcast. We're going to keep doing that. And in addition to getting the ad-free podcast, which many of you want, for less than the price of a beer in a bar a month, only $3.99 a month, you're going to get an occasional monologue from me. Maybe I'll read from one of my novels. You're going to get an archive piece going back to 1994. Whatever comes up, you're going to get on an occasional basis. And if you want to join, simply go to michaelsavage.com and click on the exclusive club link. It's that easy.
You're going to get things you can't get anywhere else. And thanks for supporting the Michael Savage Podcast. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed and learned something from it. And I want to remind you of something that I think is important for you to know. We have over 280 Savage Nation podcast episodes available to you absolutely free. I'll say that again. You can go back into this vast library of over 280 episodes and listen to any one of them or several of them at your leisure. So you never have to be without the Savage Nation. Thank you very much for listening.